Well, welcome to our fourth episode of Single Professional Mother. Today I am talking with Christine Hayes Montville. Um, Christine, welcome to our show. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. And um, tell us a little bit about yourself. I mean, I've known you for years, you and Jenny. So just tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, so I am just hit the ripe 5-0. I am a <laughs> single mom to one beautiful uh, young girl in high school who is a soccer lover. And I uh, work for a... Um, um, a local father and son team um, in the finance world. And okay. yeah. Oh. Okay. So today we're talking about um, the mental health of the single professional mother. And I think this topic is so important. Um, I know with two daughters, um, especially when they're active and they're involved in not just being teenagers, but, um, you know, just having their social lives, their school lives, and then extracurricular activities. It puts a strain on us trying to get them to and from. I mean, I'm so lucky the fact that um, with my oldest, she just got her license this year. So that has been one of the best things to ever happen to this household. Huge. (laughs) Um, but tell us a little bit how you deal with kind of that stress that builds up because I feel like sometimes we're constantly going and to try to just sit and decompress really it ends up being difficult sometimes so when I find out what the definition of decompress is (laughs) I'll be more than happy to talk about that Mm -hmm. in the interim the day-to-day life is crazy uh and i only have one so i can't even imagine doubling it or tripling it Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's something i caught early on to watch not just my own mental health but hers in her busy schedule and my busy schedule and not being able to be around all the time right when i see that she might be uh, overdoing things or, or stressing out or being really upset over the silliest little things. We have a meeting over dinner and it's usually not at home and it's her and I across the table and there's no distractions. And she tells me everything and we talk it all out. And I can't always do that with her when I'm in the same boat. Right. So if I don't reach out to my friends, sometimes I, I'm sick of listening to myself. So I call my therapist and I say to her, it's time to talk again. And she goes, come on in. And even one or two visits sets me right back into my rhythm and I'm fine. Right. And I think that's a huge thing. Um, therapy, you know, I know for myself, I had really thought about it. And then when I got um, one of the best things for my job we have a call-in line that they have offered through our EAP and it's awesome where I can pick up the phone and speak to somebody when I'm at that point of holy crap I I'm doing it all but 
you're right. You can't just sit down with your kid and unload on them. No, (laughs) no. (laughs) You know, you just can't say it's my turn. Yeah. And um, you end up and I find myself, you know, you're at work and you're in that work mode and you're constantly going through Monday through Friday. And then you get home and you're in that mom mode. And, you know, if you can get a you know, sporadic call off to a friend or a family member. Hi, are you doing it? But I notice, you know, um, one of the things I've had to do for myself is, is make that me time. Mm-hmm. And it sounds really, um, you know, cliche, but it's so necessary. It's so important. I feel like trying to keep the balance, keep the schedules, keep everybody at work happy, get her every wish she needs. Everybody is in the same boat. We're all doing it three times as fast as our parents did when we were younger. And one of my very good girlfriends that I do reach out said to me one day, you're not selfish enough. You need to be more selfish. And I was like, what do you mean? And she's like, you need to go to the gym when you want to go to the gym. Mm -hmm. You need to take five minutes to sit down on the porch and take in the fresh air. And she's so right. Yeah. It's so true because I feel like, um, you know, obviously we would do anything for our kids and um, sometimes saying, I've really learned how to say no um, to the unnecessary, you know, oh, I want to go to the store and, you know, it may be after coming home after a 12 hour day and walking in the door and yeah, can you take me to the store? Because I, and yeah, <laughs> yeah, no. And you know what? They eventually just... respect you more for it. They get it. Well, I, I feel like I'm very comfortable when I say no to my kids now. Um, because I feel like when I've walked in the door after a 13 hour day and they want to go to the store, I know they don't get it because they've been home since two 30. Right. You know, eating snacks and taking naps and giggling and FaceTiming and Snapchatting and all that. Um, and it, it's that sanity moment. Like, yes, just a trip to the store after a 13 hour day could put me over the edge. (laughs) 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 Oh yeah, I know. You know, so how do you, uh, like, have you gotten comfortable saying no? And do you know where your burnout level is? So I have no problem saying no. Mm -hmm. Um, And something I still work on is finding out what my burnout level is. I don't know when to say I can't do that Um, at work for volunteer stuff, et cetera. But when I get home, if, if we, she wants to make a CVS run a quarter or nine, I I have no problem saying hell to the no, I can't do it. Yep. Um, Yep. Yeah, because I think it goes back to that they don't have that concept of, you know, what we're walking home from. Right. Um, And it's kind of like, 
and and even that like you touched on something very important knowing what their burnout level is Um, right you know because I'll see my daughter she'll come home and she'll be like oh I just had a softball game and then she'll come home and she'll have homework to do and then it's oh my gosh I'm so tired and but I have to do that you know what you don't and I think there is a little bit more pressure on them these days Mm -hmm. than I can ever remember it's just I try to like okay you know Mm -hmm. I was a 17 year old girl once but I don't remember the level of or or maybe I was just a bad student I don't know (laughs) no I agree I totally agree the academic level of stress is beyond anything I saw when I was in high school. Yep. We didn't have DECA. We didn't have right. honors course. We didn't have some of the expectations, the the hours of homework. I don't ever remember having that. And I made it through high school fine. Right. Um, right. So, you know, I, and it's funny, um, very recently I dropped her off at the gym. She goes to a trainer. She's trying to, you know, make herself stronger for soccer. And she just loves being at the gym. Mm -hmm. And I dropped her off one day. It was a busy week. It was a million things going on. And she looked disheveled and she had bags under her eyes and my heart stopped. And I went, yeah, guess what? Go in and tell him you'll be in here tomorrow. You're coming home with me. Yep. You know, she, she wants to do well and she wants to do. I'm an overachiever and she is too. Mm -hmm. And yeah. When I see her fizzling or starting to burn out, I, I stop it. The whole world stops because there's no need for a 15-year-old to be doing that. Exactly. Exactly. When, you know, I sit there and I'm like, I will knock on the door sometimes. And I'm like, uh, you got to go to bed. <laughs> no, I just have to do this. And it's not like she's up talking on the phone right. or you know, do, I'm doing homework and it's like, yeah, no, yeah, no, no, you're not. You're, you need to go to bed because your day starts at six 30 all over again. Right. You know? And, um, and I think it's, and I do try and I see that in myself that I noticed it was maybe two or three, maybe a month ago. And she, she was so sick. <laughs> and she's just like, I don't feel good. But you know what? I have this test and I have to go. And, you know, maybe I'll take the test and I'll see how I do and f- see how I feel after that. And, you know, I was like, well, just stay home if you need to stay home. No, I really got to go. And I was like, wow. Right. Okay. But then I do the same exact thing right? (laughs) where I have been sent home. Like, okay, all right, you've done it. Go home. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, so, you know, she's replicating what I do. And then I'll like, look, and I'll have like 90 hours of sick time at work. And it's like, oh, yeah, well. But I'll get through the day and I'll do it. But I don't understand that they're watching me and they see that. Right. I know it. And then they think it's the the right thing to do too. And and we it's so important that we watch that and acknowledge it and say, Hey, 
you're a kid. You got to be a kid. Yeah. You got to take a couple of steps back here, not just for their own mental health, but for their physical health too. It just, all of it takes a toll. It does. And when there's not that rest period and that turnoff, um, you know, especially, and I, I noticed with my youngest, I'll just be like, you know, okay, no device. Yeah. You know, just, just put it down, no device, but then I'll notice it's like between work and just, um, you know, writing and all that. I'm always on something. Right. And I'm taking my online classes. So I'm always on the computer they're always seeing me do something well you're on it and it's just like I know but I'm paying the bills (laughs) (laughs) this is making money (laughs) exactly exactly you know but I, I think it is so different being able for the level of connection that they have that I believe that didn't exist when we grew up Mm -hmm. um it's that level of kind of um I I guess I don't ever remember our parents entertaining us right (laughs) over hanging out you know with with my mother or playing games with my parents or anything like that. Oh yeah, get outside and don't come back in till eight. Till I ring the bell. Exactly. And now I just feel like there is that check-in and I feel like the dynamic in the um, single parent household is very different. It's our children and you know, like you said, you have those conversations and you sit down and you sit across from her and it's you two and it's her talking to you. Mm-hmm. Um, where I, I think it's very important that we have that relationship. And I, I remember speaking with somebody who, who didn't get that. <laughs> and I'm like, it's just a different role. You know, Correct. I can't hide stuff from my kids. <laughs> Right. You know, right. they just know and I need to know how they're doing. Right. You know. Um, I think one of the things where for my youngest I really had to check in a lot um over these past couple of years is I started dating someone. So that was kind of that shift in the household. Yeah. Um, and it's not a conversation like my parents, you know, marriage was never any of my business. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, they were just married. They were, you know, my parents and that's how it was. I never discussed anything about it. But, you know, bringing that person into my life, it was a very big discussion with them and talking about it and seeing how they felt with it. And then them meeting him so it's um you know and for my youngest it was very uncomfortable um I would say for the first interactions um few interactions where we were kind of all and it's like should I hold his hand should I not but 
it's really having those open conversations with them um, and allowing their feelings to kind of count and mean something in the household. Right. And, and given the situation, it's so important because their little world, in my case, got disrupted with divorce. And, mm-hmm. and same thing, you bring someone else into the picture. It's not family. It's not someone that they've known since they were born. It's not normal. And talking it out is very important. And I'll tell you, I was in the same boat and we drove down this dirt, windy driveway. We had talked the whole way there. It was the first time she was going to meet him. And we literally, I stopped the car, I put it in park. And this little six-year-old in the back seat screamed, I don't need another daddy. I already have one. And my heart oh. stopped. <laughs> my heart just stopped. And I realized, whoa, I didn't ask her how she felt about meeting this new person. Right. Um, we get busy as grown-ups trying to do all the right things and make sure we're doing the right things and making sure we're getting them everything that they need that we sometimes, I think, forget, whoa. And it's easier as time's gone on for me to make sure that I look at her and say, how do you feel? Or why are you so quiet right now? Or tell me what's going on. You know, and, and I also think that builds a much better relationship with my daughter than than I had I not always called her out or gone out to dinner and make sure we have these conversations. It's built a better relationship that I feel so comfortable with going into these teenage years. Mm-hmm. Um, and her coming to me sometimes when she's not understanding things. Right. Or hurt by one of her friends or something happened and she's like, Mom. And then, you know, it's I'm happy that that happens. Is she going to do it all the time? Probably not. Are we going to have spats? Probably we are. But I think the relationship we've built being a single mom and having conversations and going to counseling and et cetera and, and believing in, you know, God and a, there's somebody higher watching out for mm-hmm. us. I feel like she's going to be okay. I might not be, but she's going to be right. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I've been there. No, I, I hear you on that because I think it's important that, um, because these conversations have happened so long, it's, it is easy to recognize almost their stress points. It's the quiet points. Is it quiet because, mm-hmm. um, oh, she's tired. Is she quiet because, you know, there's something on her mind or, you know, and that goes with like both of them here, but I kind of recognize it. And, you know, I know when to leave it alone. I know when I'm just yes. teenagers. Exactly. <laughs> You know, and, you know, but there are the times where, you know, there are the concerns and it's the bullying. Um, And one of the big things I had with my youngest is um, the social media. And I really did wait a long time before she could have that. And, you know, it's my friends have it and all my friends have it. And I don't care. It will open a world to you that 
It's not that I can't control it because I can't control what happens at school, but it brings that extension of, you know, whatever is happening at school, it's now coming into our home. Right. And, um, you know, there was a bullying incident and then it was continuing on the Snapchat and it was like, I just saw a switch in her and it was kind of like, hmm, okay. And she did come and talk to me about it. And we sat down and I was just like, all right, well, you know, I'm, you know, I'm happy you told me. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like, but I just want you to know, I don't want, you know, anybody at the school to know. And, you know, and I was like, I'm not in that position to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, I'm happy you came to me, but. I have to ensure your safety at school. Right. You know, and I think that's what's different um, with this generation of kids because with the bullying, it ends up being this, you know, it ended at school for us or ended in the playground at three o'clock or wherever you met and, you know, you fought it out and that was it. It's done and over. But now there's no break from it. Right. It goes from school. It comes home. It's everywhere. And it's public. It's national. It's international, wherever they post it. And, um, you know, so I took that to heart because I saw that change in her within that week. Yeah. And, um, you know, I did. I called the school and they were like, thank you so much. You know, we we appreciate you being involved. And I was like, yeah, and I, I just want to ensure that, you know, her safety at school. And, you know, here is a kid who didn't want to miss school because she wanted to have um, a perfect attendance score to I don't want to go to school. Aww. You know, so it's like, no, that, that's not going to happen. Huge red flag. <laughs> right. You know, but I think it's opening that door and being able to have those conversations. Yeah. Um, and realizing, you know, there is that balance between being their parent, but being not so much a friend, but a confidant. You know what? Right. You can come to me and talk to me about stuff. Right. Um you know, and I always tell them, especially with my oldest, I don't care what you do outside the house. If you disobey me, if you are in trouble, you call me. Right. You know, um, right. Because I don't want her to be in those situations or have that kind of thought process where she can't. That she might be in trouble or blah, blah, blah. Right. Right. That's something I've always stressed with Jenny get home, get safe, and we'll talk about it the next day. You know, we even have a code. So she would um, text me a certain code if she felt like she was in an uncomfortable situation somewhere. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I would call and make up an excuse and say, I have to come get you right now. Um, And fortunately, she has surrounded herself with some really good kids that have parties and the parents are there and we don't have to worry about it. But I always, you never know. You never right. know when a parent might leave or something. Or, and I love that her and I have that. And I know that she'll let me know if she's ever in a situation. And more so because she can't be in a situation where she would get kicked off the varsity team. 
And that would just kill her. Right. Um, right. So she's, and she has no desire and for any kind of parties with alcohol or anything like that. So thank goodness. Right. But exactly. So, how do you feel when you're in that? What are your kind of calm times when you have that moment to yourself when you can just you know like I looked at today where my one daughter is off camping my other one is at the prom and it kind of hit me as I was taking pictures I was like so when is when are you coming home (laughs) it ends at 11 I was like holy crap (laughs) I what do I do? I'm cleaning and doing laundry, which sucks because <laughs> that's, you know, a fun Saturday night for me, but <laughs> right. Right. Um, you know, when you find those times, is it a social thing? Is it a, you know what, once a week, I'm going to give myself this mental break to either, you know, just read a book, sip a glass of wine, call a friend, you know, what is that me time for you? My me time, especially now that the good weather is here, is um, it's usually in the morning. Mm-hmm. And it's usually me and a cup of coffee and the birds. I like to call myself Snow White in the a.m. <laughs> in the backyard. And I just sit there. And I don't bring my phone out there. I just sit there. And honest to God, the squirrels walk up to me. Now, they're probably not (laughs) safe. And some of them could have rabies. But I just make a sudden move and they they turn and go the other way. Honest to God, those moments out there uh, in my backyard, looking at my garden, listening to the birds is so good for me. (laughs) I feel like it sounds kooky, but... Um, I love it. I look forward to it. I look more forward to it now that the weather's nicer. Um, Mm -hmm. when it's, you know, cold and yucky out, like it has been for quite a while and over the winter, sometimes it's just sitting down and watching a cooking show. I just go on demand and watch a cooking show and I'm in a better place. And, and music is also very, 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 very therapeutic for me. So I could just turn the music on and start cleaning the kitchen or change the tablecloth or do something stupid and mindless. And that's moments of calming myself down. Right. Well, that's awesome. Well, we're wrapping up now and I just want to say thank you so much for joining us, Christine. I really appreciate you coming on our show. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Thank you for having me. No problem. And as we leave, I, what is your one piece of advice for mental health for the single professional mother out there who is maybe just her first month into trying to deal with all of this? You know, the divorce happened or the breakup happened and she's finding herself in that either first night, that first week or that first month of single motherhood. What advice do you have about mental health for that woman? Keep your family and close peeps close and just call them until their ears bleed. And 
eventually everything does get better. Everything gets better and it you find your rhythm and the world is great again. That is awesome. Well, thank you so much. And thank you all for listening and joining the Single Professional Mother podcast. Good night.